Amen. Good word, Brad. Good word. Let's all stand. <clears throat> Pastor Pam sends her love for all of you, and uh, she is in Perth, Australia. We'll be ministering there the next four days with Sharon, and then from there, uh, maybe they'll be there five days. I'm not really sure. And then from there, they're flying into Manila, and we'll be ministering there for a week, and then back home. So praise God. She sends her love. <clears throat> Do you have the pictures up there? We'll flash a couple of that. I told her, send me pictures of, of all of the ministries going on over there. And all I got is a picture of her standing in the Pacific. Here she is feeding a kangaroo at one of the zoos. And uh, if you know my wife, to walk up to a kangaroo and feed it, that is really a major breakthrough. That's a koala bear up there uh, that she's uh, getting ready to feed. And then I think there's a couple more uh, pictures of it. And she said, oh, show the church these cute little koala bears. And uh, there's one uh, all curled up asleep. And then there's one more somewhere that uh, that she had, but maybe that's the end of it. But anyway, she sends her love for all of you. So <clears throat> how many of you <laughs> want to be everything that God wants you to be? How many of you would prefer that God would take charge of your life and that you wouldn't have to make decisions for yourself, that he could make them all for you and that he would show you? Because we're, we're going to be talking about how he's set up a provision for that tonight. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to pass out the, the message because as I was praying over this and as I felt the, what the Lord was giving me, I said, God, I don't think I can get this all done in 30 minutes. So we're going to give you an outline uh, in just a moment here. <clears throat> but sometimes we just have a failure to communicate and we just have a failure to receive the communication that God has or whatever. How many of you ever have a failure to communicate with your boss, people, mate, in-laws, outlaws, whatever? You, just, you know, we're just not communicating on the right level here. Something's, uh, we're just missing something. It reminded me of a cute little story I read. A little boy's about six years old, Bobby, and, and uh, his mom came to him one morning and he said, uh, uh, said, Bobby, Bobby, there were two pieces of pie in that pantry last night, and there's only one. What do you know about that? Where's the other one? He says, well, I don't know, and the only reason the other one's left is because it was really dark. So <laughs> I, I guess there was a failure to communicate that you shouldn't have eaten that pie. Sometimes we have it. Let's make this confession. The Word of God, Word of God. Is, truth. is truth. If I live the Word, I, the word. I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. So tell your neighbor it is just that simple. She can have my chair. That's all right. No problem at all. Let's all say it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it is just that simple. You can be seated. Go ahead and pass out the, uh, the uh, outline because I, uh, <clears throat> I, the, the longer the Lord was speaking to me, the more I was writing. I thought, God, <clears throat> I think I'm going to have to give this to the people. I want to I want to paraphrase this message for you and then uh, and, and, and share <clears throat> the power. The, the, the message is the power of a renewed mind. And the biggest challenge that you face in this world is not the world system or not the spirit of the Antichrist or not the devil. The biggest challenge you face is sitting between your ears. And it is called your mind. And if your mind is renewed to the things of God, you will live with the power and the victory that God wants you to have. But if your mind is not continually renewed 
your mind will go directions you know it shouldn't be going. And you will always follow your mind, and you will follow your dominant thoughts. Now, the Word of God, how many of you know that's true in your life? Your mind can go wacko on you at the drop of a hat if you will let it. Or it can concentrate on the will of God and the things of God if you will let it. Now, Romans chapter 12, which we share a lot in this church, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, tells us that we should present our body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And don't be transformed by this world, but be conformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be... I said that all wrong, didn't I? We got it up there. Let me make sure. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Now, let me make sure that we've got the right group here. How many of you have walked down the wrong will in your life and paid a dear price for it? Every single one of us would have our hand up. We have all made decisions that we found out were wrong, and we've all made decisions we knew were wrong. We made it anyway, and we went the wrong direction. That's because our mind was not renewed to the perfect will of God. Now, I've heard people preach this before on Romans 12, too, about God has three wills. He has a good one, he has an acceptable one, then he has the perfect one. God has one will for your life. It is perfect. Those are adjectives describing what perfect is. It's good. It's acceptable. Your will from Almighty God is perfect. And when we tap into that will, we will walk in a dimension of victory that we've never experienced before. But the world and the spirit of the Antichrist is after your mind. And the attack and the mind is the battlefield, and the attack will always come. It would be nice if we didn't have to think thoughts that we didn't want to think. But you know as well as I do. There are moments in my life and in your life when you're meditating the things of God, you're meditating things that are pure, holy, and awesome based on the Word of God, and all of a sudden thoughts come in your mind that are anything but that. It's the fiery dart from the devil that's trying to lure you back. Now, for the most part, The devil can't lure you into something you've never done without one heck of a fight on your part because you're not prone to go that direction. But he will come in areas where you have fallen before, and he will try to entice you because in the flesh you know what that's like, and you can be pulled in that direction. I think I've shared this with some of you before. I can be pulled in the direction of alcohol because I used to drink a lot. I can be pulled in the direction of a good cold Coors because I used to love a good cold. My tongue was just going a little faster than my tongue, aren't I? I used to love a good cold Coors beer. But then when I realized that God told me, don't do that anymore, I'd like for you to stop that, then I, I did, but there was always that pull, even to this day. I can feel that pull if I'm somewhere and I see one. I can feel it. It's like, whoa, that thing tastes good. And some of you, I know we have visitors here tonight. Some of you have heard this before, but I shared this story once before about how I didn't drink beer anymore because when I first got saved, I'd, I I drank, I loved beer and popcorn before I got saved. Well, guess what I loved after I got saved? I loved beer and popcorn. Uh, I'd, I'd eat the popcorn and drink the beer and read the Bible until it got blurry. And, uh, and, and the, but then one day, I, I felt like the Lord said, 
I would like for you to stop drinking. Well, I love God enough that, well, I'll do that. I want to stop drinking. I love you more than I love the drinking. But the pull has always been there. And after one of these services, a lady came up to me and she said, I bet you're glad that you got delivered from that awful tasting stuff. I said, oh, honey, I never thought it was awful tasting. I, I, I gave it up because God told me to. I, I never thought it was awful tasting. And that's a, but it all depends on what you've been experienced and exposed to. Some people would have a trouble uh, maybe in their mind when they start to feel that urge to go back to drugs. I never, ever did drugs in my life. I was pretty wild at that age, but probably the only reason I never did drugs because they weren't available back then. But, and I'm glad they weren't. But now the times have changed. So people face things today that are trying to pull them that some of us who are older, don't, that we don't understand it because we're not in that uh, arena, but yet there are other arenas we can relate to. Does that make sense to you? Now, if you keep your mind renewed to the perfect will of God and you love God with all of your heart, with all your mind, all your strength, all you want to do is what God's perfect will is. So when your mind is renewed, and you're thinking about the things of God, then what you're continually thinking about is God's perfect will for your life, not what your flesh would like to entertain and do. If you get a revelation of this, it will change you. Now, the power (coughs) comes from the Holy Spirit. There are many people that I know I'm going to be doing a funeral for one tomorrow. Uh, This young man did not have to go to, to be with the Lord at his age. He did not have to do that. But he he just he, he just had a couple of challenges, and one of them took his life away. The power of the Holy Spirit will allow you to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. And if you know and understand that it's the power of the Holy Spirit, not you, but you as a yielded vessel to that power so that that power can flow through you to you, activating your spirit man and your spirit man absolutely consuming your mind and transforming it into what is the perfect will of God, then everything that you do is you're on an assignment from God. Tell your neighbor, you're here on an assignment from God. Every time I say that, I think of the Blues Brothers. Glory to God. I don't know how many of you know that movie, but I love that movie. In 1 John chapter 5, this gives us one of the things that we all need is confidence that, number one, God has a plan for us. He has a perfect will for our life. But number two, confidence that we hear what that is. You hear from God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. You hear from the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times, because you're not confident in hearing that voice and in doing what that voice shows you, you don't move out or you don't accept it as from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never not tell you what God wants you to know. And I want to say this again. The Holy Spirit will never not tell you what God wants you to know. God wants you to know his plan and his purpose. Therefore, we then have confidence that I know what God said, I know what his plan is, and therefore I know that I will have everything that I have need of to accomplish it, and I don't have to figure it out. Now, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to whose will, that's a little weak. These are not trick questions. If we ask anything according to 
his will that not only does he hear us, but we will have the petitions that we ask of him. In other words, I know what God called me to do. I know what God said. Therefore, God, this is what I need. And God brings the supply to you, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's family restoration, whatever it is. Our job is to position ourselves where God wants us to be and have the confidence that every blessing that God wants us to have to accomplish his will will not only come upon us, but it will overtake you. How many of you got some things in your life right now where you're waiting for that overtaking thing to come? You don't get out of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and God will take care of you time and time again. That's His will. Now, the Holy Spirit is what transforms your mind. And in these next three scriptures, I want to share these with you because our highest priority in life, next to loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our might. Our, our, our next priority should be, God, what is your will? What do you want me to do? And time and time again, when I have prayed that prayer, most of you have heard the testimony when Pam and I first met, came together, and, and, and I was praying, God, I don't know what to do with my life. What is your will? And I know that I know that I heard, go to Tulsa, and you'll find the meaning for your life. And I was waiting for more. Okay, God, and what's the rest of the story? That's all I heard. Go to Tulsa, and you'll find the meaning of your life. There are those of you sitting here tonight. God has shown you things to do, but you don't know what's going to come next, so you haven't done the first step. It's like the coal miner. It used to be years ago, don't know how it is in coal mines any longer, but it used to be years ago that the coal miners just had a little candle on their hat and a little canary. I always felt sorry for the canary. The canary would go ahead and either live or die, but the coal miner had and needed that canary. But he, but, but he would be able to see as far as he would walk, but he wouldn't know what was way down that shaft until he took the step and the light went past where he was. It's the same thing with you and I. We have to take the step that God shows us so that we can accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. Now, the teacher for the renewing of your mind is the Holy Spirit. And this is going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm going to give you the scriptures for this because you you have to know what the Holy Spirit is saying. Your source has to be the Holy Spirit. Right now in our world, you can turn on any news channel you want, even Christian television, and you can find people saying, we're in trouble. Stock market may crash. Better stock up food. You better do this. You better do that. Folks, I'm telling you, if God tells you to stock up food and stock up water, you better stock up food and stock up water. And if God tells you to get out of the stock market, you better get out of the stock market. If God tells you to get in the stock market, you need to get in the stock market. But God is not limited by any financial situation. God knows exactly what he's going to do. And this is what can happen. This is what I felt the Lord showed me. If you're not careful, and if you're not really hearing from the Holy Spirit, you will follow books, you will follow teachers, you will follow people that you have a a, a respect level for, but instead of following the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, you will follow after a teacher or a person. Now, 
it just sounds like I'm going to contradict myself. I read a lot of books. I follow a lot of people. If Pam were sitting here, she'd say, my, 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 I can't believe you're saying all that. Because she'd, she says, how many books can you read? I don't know, but I can read a bunch of them. But I love to read what people are saying. But the bottom line is not what people are saying. The bottom line is what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And as I was praying about this message, this morning. It isn't that any of the people that are saying things are wrong. They're called by God and by the Holy Spirit to proclaim what they're proclaiming. But we then have to follow what God wants us to do. And I say, God, how do I just put that all in? in, in, in what do I do? And, and instantly I heard your military MOS. And I don't know how many of you are ever in the military, but but uh, but in the military you have an MOS. It's called a, a military occupation specialty, and everybody has that particular number, and, and it's your assignment. And I, I don't understand. I mean, I don't know how all the other branches operate. It's been so many years since I was in. I don't even know how any branch operates. But but in, in the Marine Corps, you, you would have your military occupation specialty. And we had the air wing, which was really vital because you, without the air wing, the, the ground support wouldn't be there or the support for the ground forces wouldn't be there. Thank God for the air wing, but the air wing also needed the ground support services. And then you needed other people to do other things because they were doing their thing, the security and all of that. And then you needed the, the, the medical personnel to be there. And, gosh, you even need the cooks. Uh, you need the Marine Corps cooks because the, the guys get hungry when they're serving like that, and, and they, they want some good food. So everybody had a specialty, and everybody was really important. And the Air Force would support the Marine Corps, and the Marine Corps would support the Navy, and the Navy would do things. And all this worked together, but everybody had to do their part. Are you with me so far? Turn to your neighbor and say, I think I'm getting this. Everybody had to do their part. We didn't look at what the Air Force did and say, okay, we want to do what they're doing. No, we're not in the Air Force. Well, let's do what the Navy's No, we're not in the Navy. Well, that's my occupational specialty. We're not in the field. We're in the Marine Corps Air Wing, so we do it a little differently over here. When you know what God is speaking to you, then you follow that path because that's where everything that you are going to be trained for is going to flow through you to accomplish God's will. Does that make sense? If that makes sense to you, raise your hand, just wave it around, and if you don't, just wave it anyway. Okay. Now, now here's what here's what happens. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, and I'll just paraphrase some of this, but basically... It's talking about Christ crucified, he died for us, and then how how spiritual wisdom comes through the Holy Spirit. And then we'll pick it up in, in uh, second, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 12. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world. Now, he's talking to born-again Christians. Can I see the hands of all the people in here? If you die tonight, you know you're going to wake up in heaven looking at Jesus. Now, what happens then is it says right here, that if you've received that you haven't received the spirit of the world, but you have the spirit that is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And then it goes on to th- say, these things we also speak, but in words which man's wisdom teaches, not in words that man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can we know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
Verse number 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, you have the mind of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried to witness to somebody that didn't know the Lord? And it's just like you're talking to a wall. Uh, Now, when they get into an emotional situation, they get into a devastating situation, they become more open to minister to and to talk to and to share with. But many times it's like you're talking to a wall. We're not even talking on the same level here. It's because they're not born again. However, that can also happen for people who are born again and have allowed their mind to be dormant and allow their mind to go the way of the world, full of anxiety and fear and doubt and unbelief and all of those things that the spirit of the Antichrist and the world is trying to infiltrate into believers' lives. You know yourself. In a moment's notice, you can go from strong faith to anxiety and fear and doubt and unbelief when something changes, but yet that's when you need to fortify your mind to keep it renewed to the perfect will of God. It's the will of God to bless you no matter what it looks like. It's the will of God that you have abundance no matter what it looks like. It's the will of God to heal you no matter what it looks like. It is the will of God to prosper you so that you can help others. Sometimes people say, well, I'm not into that prosperity message. Well, you ought to be because if you've got money, and if you've got things, you can give them to the poor. But if you don't have things, if you don't have money, you can't bless the poor. How many of you want to bless the poor? You don't want to show up with the poor and say, I'm poor too. Let's just sit here. No, no. You want to help lift people up. Therefore, everything that we have is not to have things. Everything that we have is to bless people. Blessing Pastor Stanley in the Sudan every month, 130 orphans over there being fed, 150 orphans being fed. No, it is 130 right now, being fed on a regular basis because of your giving sacrificially. By the way, we need to give a great big round of applause to the Lord. The Sudan signed a peace treaty today. Glory to God. And the warring factions, they're still got a lot of uh, room to go yet, but the warring factions uh, have signed a peace treaty in the South Sudan, and uh, we're just believing for great things there because uh, the the food shortages have really started again, and and, and they have areas of famine over there, and it's going to take a while for that thing to get turned around, but thank God we have a man of God over there and Pastor Stanley Lonathan who found the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and was able to help change that nation and is still helping to change that nation. Now, no matter what happens in the world, we're going to be okay. So tell your neighbor, no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. Now, in 1 John chapter 2, I want to read this scripture to you here. It's, uh, it, it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 24 through 37, it sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. It, it, it starts out, well, let's just go to verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Now, this anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, that sounds like a contradiction. In my Bible commentary, it says, Paul's not talking, uh, excuse me, John is not talking about not not having a teacher. We all need people to, to teach us. We all need to grow. But we don't follow teachers and we don't follow 
teaching, we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? You can be taught something and say, you know what, I, this really sounds great. I'm not going to give you all the examples in my life, but I can tell you some rabbit trails I went on with teaching from God. And I said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I really got Pam and I in some messes when I first got saved. Matter of fact, I had two scriptures. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Great. I can do anything I want. You take pride personified with that scripture. And, uh, and John chapter 14, verse 14, you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I thought, God, I got a list for you. Uh, I, you know, it, it turn to your neighbor and say, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And what this scripture is saying is, thank God for teachers. You need people to teach you and impart into your life. But the most important thing to you when you got saved is the Holy Spirit came in. You received the Holy Spirit. Now let the baptism of the Holy Spirit consume your life so that your spirit man is absolutely in control of your mind. If you do that, you will never go the way of the world. And somebody told me one time, they said, I don't, I don't know why I do the things that I do. And I said, I do. And I said, why? I said, because you want to. And I said, no, no, I don't want to. And I said, yes, yes you do. That's why you do them. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Some of you, I know you, you know I'm talking about you. But, but, but he said, I, what did I do? Just what I did because you wanted to, that you wanted to do that. One day we were having a, a crusade. At, well, the apartments are all gone. Uh, uh, the crusade, what was that? Those apartments. I forgot all about them. Uh, on Greenbush. Anyway, they're all gone now. Beautiful homes in there now and apartments. <coughs> but we're doing this crusade. And so we're uh, ice cream and candy and kids everywhere. And it's amazing what you can do with you get Brad Sugar and me and kids. They'll all come from miles around. But that's exactly what we did. And uh, But anyway, as I was pulling in, this guy came out, and, and some of you probably heard the story before, but he's in a truck, and he's helping us. And he was kind of the setup crew. He'd been out there, and he came by and saw me, and, and he had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And, uh, and he looked at me, and I thought he was going to wreck his truck. And uh, so finally he, he uh, went on, and I went on. I didn't think anything about it. And uh, I, I don't have any problem if somebody smokes, but, but, you know, don't do it if God tells you not to because smoking is extremely, extremely dangerous. And... Uh, so anyway, he saw me later on. He said, oh, Pastor Bill, I'm so sorry I was smoking that cigarette. He said, I, I don't want to. And I said, hey, I don't have a problem with that. I said, but, that, but you said it wrong. He said, what do you mean? And I said, you said you don't want to. And he said, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. He said, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. And he says, I don't want to smoke. I said, yes, you do. And he said, how do you know that? And I said, because you buy cigarettes and you put them in your mouth and you light them. And you're doing that because you want to. He said, but I don't want to. How do I stop? I said, well, I can tell you how to stop. You can. He got excited. You can? I said, well, yes. What do I do? I said, you don't buy anymore. You throw all your cigarettes away. You throw all your matches away. You never buy one. And if anybody offers you one, you don't put it in your finger and you don't put it in your mouth. And it'll never happen again. Isn't this amazing? Isn't it miraculous? And he just looked at me. I don't know if he stopped or not. I never saw him smoke after that, but that doesn't mean anything. But, folks, <clears throat> willpower comes through a renewed mind. You will never know the power that is available for your mind until you get it infused with the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then it's like, shut up, flesh. This is what God wants me to do. This is what I'm doing. You don't even listen to your flesh anymore. You listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's where that power comes from. Now, in 1 John chapter 4, 
<coughs> verses 1 through 6. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but let test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. But this you know, the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this, now listen to this, this is where we live today, uh, uh, magnified. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is already in the world. How many of you do say the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world today? And he is doing a really good job of confusing people, of, of tormenting people, of saying that right is no longer right, but right is wrong, and you can't talk about Jesus, and you can't do this, and all these kind of things where the, the world is starting to flip-flop because they're listening to the Antichrist. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's not talking about you per se. He's talking about who is in you. You can be a born-again Christian and have the power of the Holy Spirit in you and have the devil beat the heck out of you every single day if you don't release the power that is in there through the leading of the Holy Spirit. We are not to be beaten by the devil. We are to beat him. We are of God who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us, but this we know the spirit of the truth, and the spirit of error. Everybody say this. I know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How many of you would say that if you were really honest with yourself, some of the biggest problems you got into in your life, you knew it and you did it anyway, and then you paid a price for it? Now, sometimes we get confused and we get fooled, but most of the time, I've talked to so many people that, that they'll, after a devastating, or right in the middle of devastation, and they'll say, I knew I shouldn't have done that. And they say, why did you do it then? They felt pressure, they felt wooing, they felt whatever, but there was something that said, I know I shouldn't do that. Why? Because you have a spirit in you called the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit reveals to you truth, and it reveals to you error. And we have to get to the point when we don't have to have understanding as to why we make a decision. I just know this is wrong. I had a call from Megan just before the service. And she asked me something about a request that we had. And I said, let me pray about it. And I prayed about it. And, and, I, and instantly I heard, no, not now. I said, no, not now. Now, years ago, I would have tried to figure out why no, not now, so I could have explained it to her. But I have learned the hard way over the years. You don't have to explain your decisions you just have to do what you feel the Holy Spirit shown you to do. I don't know why the word was no, not now, but I know this. I've done it long enough to recognize that voice. That's the Holy Spirit. And it was okay to do that thing because there was nothing really bad about it, but something said that something was the Holy Spirit. No, not now. When you get to that point in your life, when you begin to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in everything that you do, the power of the Holy Spirit will flow through you because God wants that power in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got that power. 
Now, what we've got to do is make sure we use it. Now, in John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15, my goodness, for the last year, I have probably been sharing this somewhere in almost every sermon I have ever shared that God has given me because we are living in a period of time now, not like in the days of Pentecost when when they first received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we are living at, I believe, the end of a dispensation of grace. And I believe that God's judgment follows God's grace. Right now, we have God's unmerited favor. God wants to bless us, but God is going to eventually shake things, and all you got to do is read Second Timothy, read uh, Matthew 24, 25, and you'll see that the day is coming. But right now, we are the vessels that God wants to use on this earth to move with the power power of the Holy Spirit. And it says in John chapter chapter 16, Jesus is talking about <coughs> how when he would he would leave, he would give us the Holy Spirit. Now we know in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it said that you shall receive the Holy Spirit and power. Everybody say power. power. Isn't that weak? Isn't that really weak? Everybody say power. power. Better. Power. Fragmented like the body of Christ. Let's say, I have power. Now, if you believe that, you will act like it, look like it, and talk like it. Oh, but the devil's just beating up on me, and I just don't know what to do. No, that's not the power. That's damned up power. You need to let that go and let the power of God flow in your life. Now, it says in John chapter 16, this is such a powerful scripture. It says, I'm going away... And I'm going to send you the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. And He's going to live inside your earthly tent, and He's going to show you everything to come. He's going to... Remember those old balls that used to... They're cue, cue balls. You'd ask it a question, and you'd say yes or no, and they'd float and dumb, dumb stuff. But anyway, we have the Holy Spirit, and He will show us everything that we have need of He will show us what to do. He will show us truth. And then Jesus went on and said, And everything that is mine, I declare to you that the Father will give to you. Jesus, in John chapter 16, verse 13, 14, and 15, is saying, You will have the same power that I have. Everything I walked with, you will have. And my Father will give that to you. That's what we have today. But many times we don't realize it. Now, today we have distractions galore that they didn't necessarily have back then, but I'm sure they had their own distractions. We have television. We have iPads, iPods, i this, i that. We got all sorts of things. How many of you realize your life is inundated with things that take your time? Three hands. Thank you. You know your time is absolutely taken up all day long, yet we all have the same amount of time. And we all have the ability to do whatever we want to do with our time. I'm amazed. You walk into restaurants, you walk down the street, you see everybody with their phones. It might not be an iPhone, it might be a Samsung, but everybody is fixed on that thing. It is... in and of itself, modern technology is not demonic, but I'm amazed at how much modern technology was developed by non-Christian people. 
it gives me cause for concern. And when I hear people say, well, my iPhone or my, first of all, I don't know how to use them, so it's easy for me to talk about them, okay? But, but you know, my iPhone this or my iPhone that, or that's my Bible, and I have no problem with that. Pam carries her iPad, and she uses it as a Bible. And I said, you know, that's true, but I can flip my Bible open anywhere, and there'll be no pornography. You can't do that on your iPhone or on your iPad. You get on that Internet, you got to be careful what you're doing. I can flip my Bible anywhere I want, and I can drop my Bible, and I don't have to replace it. No, <laughs> now I'm not saying that you don't that don't use your iPads and iPhones because they can be used for the glory of God. They really and truly can. But don't get caught up with this modern technology that 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 this is going to change the world and something that somebody developed that didn't even know the Lord. <clears throat> In First Corinthians chapter uh, 6, verses 19 and 20, it, it really tells us that our body, <laughs> that we have been bought and purchased with a price, <clears throat> that God loved us so much that he wanted to give his son so that he would take away all of our sins, and then he would send the Holy Spirit to occupy our body. And it says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, think about this just for a moment. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually lives inside you. That has to become a revelation, not just, oh, yeah, I know that. No, no, the Holy Spirit lives inside you, and he magnifies Jesus in everything that he does, and he wants to give you everything Jesus had on this earth, and he wants us to fellowship with him. I don't know about you, but if I didn't talk to Pam, when I got home, and now we worked together a lot, but, but, you know, if I just came home and didn't talk to her, that wouldn't go over very big. Matter of fact, she'd jerk the slack out of me real quick. But Pam loves to talk, glory to God. And uh, I love to listen. I really love to listen. But, it, but anyway, the Holy Spirit wants to communicate with us. So we then should be listening to this still, small, inner voice that constantly wants to speak to us. Now, I want to say this again. The revelation that you are carrying, Lisa, when you just had the baby, you, you carried that baby for nine months. And, there, and as the baby grew, <laughs> you realized you were carrying a baby. And for nine months, that baby was in there. And I, I, know, I don't know Don and Lisa that well, but I know them well enough. They communicated with that baby. And they prayed over that baby, and they spoke the word over that baby. <clears throat> and that baby's going to be everything that God desires for it to be. That baby was inside her. That Holy Spirit is inside you right now. Can you get a grasp of that? I mean, the Holy Spirit of God, omnipresent, is inside us. And he wants to talk to us all the time and tell us what God wants us to know. And then he wants us to meditate that. This is what God wants me to know. This is what I'm going to meditate. My mind is renewed. Everything is okay. My eyes look at something that I don't see, and I mean that I don't need to see, and it tries to pull me in that direction, but I know what the Holy Spirit said, so my mind is renewed. What happens then is that we pay more attention to the Holy Spirit than we do anything that is out there. And in John chapter 14, verses, 10, uh, uh, verses 12 through 14, <clears throat> this is Jesus again talking. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these he will do, because I go to be with my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, now we know this is talking about doing the will of God. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What we have to do is make a habit of consulting continually with the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. Get up in the morning. Many, many years ago, Biddy Hinn wrote a book, great book, called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. You get up in the morning, you say, Holy Spirit, here I am. What do you got planned for me today? What's the plan today? What's the focus? What are we going to do? And then you're confronted with saying things as the day progresses, and you say again, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Now, I want to give you five things that are so extremely important to do in your life, and it will change your life. I guarantee you, it will change your life. How many of you are living a life right now that you hope, you're not discontent with your life, but you hope there's more for your life than what you're currently experiencing. See, I believe there is, and I believe God is progressive. And as the end times continue to come closer and closer and closer, God's got a plan for each and every one of us, like in the military. You've got a specialty, and God's beginning to speak to you. God is already speaking to you what He wants you to do. And you either know it, and you've stuck it somewhere, and you're, you're meditating on it, or you've let it slide by you, and you can't figure out how to do it. That's why I believe that Scripture is so powerful in Proverbs 3. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your steps. He will show you exactly what to do, when to do it. But it won't be the whole thing. It'll be step by step by step. Number one, (coughs) conduits for the power for a renewed mind. Number one, You've got to embrace that small, still, inner voice. You all have it. I believe it. everyone I've ever met says the same thing. The voice of the Holy Spirit, that internal voice that you have in here, it is soft. It is not demanding. It does not consume you. It's just that soft, still, inner voice that not like an audible voice, but just like a thought pattern that comes out of your spirit from the Holy Spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And it is soft, it is still, and if you don't listen, you're going to miss what God wants. Number two, we all need to learn to listen. How many of you have to fill yourself with time all the time, being busy doing something? A-type people, you don't need to raise your hand. But we need to learn just to listen just to be still and listen. Very important. Because if you don't listen, now this is really deep teaching tonight. If you don't listen, you don't hear. <laughs> turn, turn to your neighbor and tell him, I think I got it. If you don't listen, you don't hear. <clears throat> number three, number three, and I was just with a man just recently, and uh, it's journal constantly. Write down constantly what God shows you. And I was talking to this gentleman, and I said, I said, you got your journal up to date? And he said, no. I said, why not? And I said, I don't know. I said, well, then how do you know what God said? Well, I just kind of remember. No, you don't. You can forget very easily. But if you journal, I, God told me this. Somebody told me this. God didn't tell me this uh, back in 1980. I have my prayer journals from 1980 until the present It is amazing how much faith they build in me when I go back and reread them. 
sometimes wondering if I really did what God told me to do, if I was really correct in what I heard, and then looking back and seeing how straight that path was and that abundance that always came when God told us what to do. How many of you remember the time when we were doing the outreach in the Sudan and we were taking Purdue University and the head of the agricultural department over there, Dr. Jess? And uh, how, do you remember that story? <clears throat> we got right up until the end, and we were, I think, I think it was fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. Heather, if you're here, you can tell me. But it was either fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. We were short, and I felt I knew what God told me to do, and we were short that much money the week before the event. I didn't know what to do, and I said, "God, I don't know what to do. It's just going to fall through the cracks." I thought I did what you said, but I know this: it's not your problem. It's got to be my problem because you never don't do what you say you're going to do. And so I must have missed it. Maybe a lack of faith. I don't know what, but I must have missed it. And instantly in my spirit, I heard, you didn't miss it. That's okay. I don't know what to do, God. And this is what I heard in, right in here. Alaska. That's all I heard. Alaska. What does that mean, Alaska? How many of you, God speaks to you sometimes in things that you really have to be quiet and listen because you can't figure out what it meant? It's like, what does that mean? Alaska. And and, and the more I thought about it, I said, oh, yeah, Alaska. There's a couple in Alaska who helped us once before. I said, what what am I supposed to do? And this is what I heard. Write them a letter. Tell them what you're doing. Don't ask for money. I thought, okay, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I can do that. I sent them a letter told them that we had an outreach with Purdue University and that uh, there's $15,000 and that uh, that is still due. I'm not asking for any money. I just felt to send you a letter. It's actually, it was an a email. Send them an email. <clears throat> Two days later, we get a call from them. Check is in the mail for $15,000. They took care of all of it just like that. Now, that was God, not them. God did it. God touched their heart and God had it all orchestrated. All he was looking for me to do was to walk by faith and not by sight and to realize that I needed to follow the leading of the power of the Holy Spirit. Where is the power of the Holy Spirit? It's residing in each and every one of us, and he's got a plan for you too. Number four, the journal constantly, I can't emphasize that enough. Number four, spend quality, scheduled time with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to bet, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm going to bet that whether you carry a day timer or whether you carry your iPhone or whatever technological device you have with your schedule on it for the day, I am willing to bet that most people in a crowd this size do not have scheduled the Holy Spirit. You do not have a scheduled. Yet the most important thing in your life, next to loving God, is the leading of the Holy Spirit. So when do you sit down in a confined, not confined, but in a specific time every day and converse with the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, here we are. What is it you have for me today? Show me the plan. Show me the purpose. Speak to me what you want me to hear. I would venture to say most people never do that, so it never becomes a habit. And then your life comes and your life goes. You're busy. You do everything that you need to do. But the most important thing in your life is missing. Does that make sense? The most important thing in our life should be the most important thing in our life. Would you say amen to that? 
Turn to your neighbor and say, this is deep teaching. The most important thing in your life should be the most important thing in your life. Number five, and this is one where I have struggled over the years. I really have. Have confidence in what you hear, that you do hear from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the things I hear, it's like, oh, God. How many of you have heard me talk about the rice milling operation? I continually hear this in my spirit, that we're going to build a rice milling plant in the South Sudan. And God is starting to open the door in some of the areas over there, but it's so far beyond. I have no knowledge about how to do that. Most of the things God has had us to do, especially in the Sudan, we, we haven't known how to do them. But as we went that step by step, God brought across our path people that knew how to do it and were expertise in that area. You don't have to be an expert in an area to birth it for God. All you have to do is be a yielded vessel. I believe with all my heart, as we continue into these end days, there are great and mighty exploits that he has for each and every one of us. And it will all be on the base, based on the power of the Holy Spirit and us yielding to the Holy Spirit, not something we figure out and not something that we're begging God to do, but something we're saying, God, I'm doing what you want me to do, and now I know you will supply all of the needs according to your riches and glory. Let's stand to our feet. God has great and mighty exploits for each and every one of us. And everything that you have ever experienced in your life, God's going to turn it around and use it for good. God is going to make you and bring you where he wants you to be, not make you, because he'll let you do it your way if you want to. But let me see the hands of all the people. You did a whole lot of it your way, and you're done doing it that way. I told Pam, I'm going to rewrite that song that Elvis and Frank Sinatra used to sing, My Way. And we're going to say, yeah, we used to do it my way. We used to do it our way, but now we're going to do it his way because we found out his way is best. Father, I thank you for every person that you brought us today. Lord, we say it so many times, but it's so true, and we can never say it too many times. There is a plan and a purpose orchestrated by you for every person on the face of this earth. And every person on the face of this earth really is your child. You created all of mankind. And every person on the face of this earth, it is your will, it is your desire that they would spend eternity in heaven with you. And that's why you gave us your son. Lord, I pray that if there are those here tonight that don't know you, that tonight will be their night to receive your son. I pray for those that Maybe you're hearing like a prodigal child. They, they know that they have walked away from you, but you still love them, but you're calling them home. And while we're about in prayer, I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer. Do you know that if you died tonight, you would go to be with Jesus? Or maybe you're here and you are like that prodigal child. You know your life is not right. You know you've walked away from God. <clears throat> the good news is God still loves you, but he wants you to come home. And all over this church, if you're here and you say, Pastor, you've described me. I know my life is not right with God, but I want to make it right. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. We're going to pray for you. <clears throat> yes, I see your hand back here, all the way back there. Center section, I see your hand. Over here in this section, I see your hand. 
All of you that lifted your hands, I'm going to ask you to make a bold step and come down here with me. As you come, I guarantee you the ministering angels in heaven are rejoicing just as we are rejoicing. Let's give them all a hand as they come right now. All the way over here. Yeah, Greg, help us out right there on the side. Come on down here, sweetheart. Good to see you. We can do better than that. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A day of new beginnings. A day of new beginnings. I thank God for each and every one of you being here. No matter what you have ever been through in your life, I guarantee by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, God will turn it around and use it for good. He didn't cause the bad things to happen, but He'll turn that around and He will strengthen you and heal you. And if you've got a broken heart, He'll heal the broken heart. God is forgiving you the moment you stepped out of your seat. And God wants you to forgive those that have hurt you, and He wants you to forgive yourself. We're going to lead you in a prayer, and all of us are going to pray with you tonight. And Thelma, you might need to get... Who's uh, here? To, Thelma, come on down here. Get some help for Thelma, okay? <clears throat> Stretch your hands out toward these at the altar right now. And let's pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be everything that you've called me to be. Now, Father, I thank you for each of these at this altar. I thank you that there is a plan, there is a purpose for their life, and that, Lord, you are a God of abundance. You are a God of forgiveness. You are a God of power. You heal the broken hearts. Lord, I thank you that they release every single person that has ever hurt them. And I thank you, Lord, that not only do they receive your forgiveness, but, Lord, they will also forgive themselves for what they have done, and that they will serve you in everything that they have, that they will understand the message of righteousness, that they will understand how valuable they are to you. And we thank you for that. In the precious name of Jesus. Thelma, how do you want to handle it? Let's give the Lord a hand tonight. If you could all go that direction for just a moment, give them another hand as they go. Make sure they all get You Are Valuable, the book You Are Valuable. Tell Thelma. You'll know if she heard me. Let's make this confession before we go. How many of you can do a better job yielding to the power of the Holy Ghost? Can I see your hands? Let's make this confession right now. Lord, forgive me for the times I've missed you. Help me to yield to your power, to your authority, so that I can be all you've called me to be. Once you put your hand on your head right now. Lord, I know you've given me the power through the Holy Spirit 
to have a renewed mind. You've given me that ability. I have to do it, but it's your power and it's your ability that I yield to. I thank you for it. And from this moment forward, I will fight the fight of faith to keep my mind renewed. You believe that's the will of God? Let's give the Lord a hand. Go and be blessed. Have a great night.